Coming to you direct from Bris Vegas, Australia, we are four music fans who have agreed to disagree on just about everything in popular music. I'm Lord Ben, Lord of the Lords, your humble host, and a real-life meatloaf fan. I'm joined by my three bats out of hell, Lord Brett, your own Kenny G, and your long-haired lover from Coochie Mudlow, Lord Al the Enigma, he loves the obscure but won't deny the heavy metal youth in his closet, and Lord Kev, still keeping up that fake Irish accent, if only to deride anything that ever sold more than five copies. And welcome back to the Lords of Loud for another exciting episode. Uh, we ourselves... Sorry, Kev? Still in isolation. Still. Yeah, we find ourselves still. in the second week of our fortnight lockdown here in Bris Vegas. Uh, so hopefully by next week's show, we'll be back in the studio, rearing to go. Um, but we've got an exciting show for you nonetheless tonight. We're talking about a new, we've actually got a new segment, Family Ties. Um, and for certain people at home, that's not just all about Michael J. Fox, unfortunately. Um, but this is about uh, this is about bands who maybe have a family connection or famous uh, siblings who maybe went off and had separate careers and both sort of had, you know, fairly successful careers or infighting within bands, you know, the Gallagher brothers come to mind instantly there. Uh, so it's, it's sort of interpreted as the Lord's will. Um, but uh, so it'd be interesting to see how, how we've sort of, you know, come to that tonight and see what, what each person has brought to that, to that topic. Uh, but before we do that, of course, oh, and later on, definitely we're going to be spinning the, the magical wheel of, of fortune, of course. That's our, become our most popular segment. Everyone waits around for that. Um, <laughs> just, first, that's, just, that's just where we spin the wheel, right? They don't care about what happens after no, it. No, no, no. They just like the sound that. effect of the wheels. I mean, the, the sound of the wheel. The the wheel. wheel. <laughs> yeah. And then most people tune out. Our stats show they pretty much turn off after that. But um if we <laughs> before we do that, of course, we've got to do the our main uh, you know, our segment of the week is album of the week, and uh, Al, I believe you've got an album of the week this week. I do. It's uh, it's going back in time into the nineties. Um, this is from nineteen ninety seven, and it's by a uh, Irish chap called David Holmes. Um, I've only heard his name once or twice before. Um, he was, uh, at the time, he was a remixer. Um, he worked uh, with a variety of artists, um, U2, The Doves, Manic Street Preachers, um, a range of people, Ice Cube as well. Uh, anyway, he ended up doing his own album. Uh, I'm not sure if he did more than one, but the one that is my album of the week is Let's Get Killed. Um, <laughs> nice cheery title, uh, but it's... I guess a simple explanation is it's trip hop, uh, big beat type of thing. It's a bit like the propeller heads, a bit like Porter's head, a bit like Massive Attack. Um, so pretty much, yeah, very much of its time. Uh, but yeah, I'd, lots of things on there to explore. There, there is a bit of variety there, and you know, I like uh, I like a bit of variety there. Um, I like it everywhere. I like it in the dark. I like it on a box of the fox. You like it in the um, park. That's right. <laughs> hey, let's not go into my George Michael stuff again. Um, so the track that I've chosen is uh, is one called Rodney Yates. So Mr. Music. Wait, 
So this is right in your wheelhouse. It is. It is definitely. So like I said, it's very very similar to a lot of stuff that I like from that era and, and still regularly listen to. So it was a nice a nice find for me. Good. All right. Well, do yourself a favour. Go out and check out Rodney Yates. Um, I don't know. David Holmes. David Holmes. David Holmes. Yep. That's right. Sorry, Rodney Yates is, is uh, yeah. Sorry, that's the album title, is it? No? That's a song. The song song's Randy Yates. David Holmes is the artist. Okay. Very I've good. even sent I've sent Led Bo- Lord Ben to sleep already. So. Yeah. That's, that's, that's right. right. That's right. And and do us a favor, only play it in your wheelhouse. Oh. <laughs> Can I invite people around? <laughs> Not in these trying times, Al. Okay. So let's move on. Family ties. Let's do this. Who wants to kick us off? With a story, uh, a tale of, of torn relations, or a band of successful siblings, or who, who's how have you interpreted this, Kev? What do you want to kick us off with? Oh, look, I um, thanks for throwing it to me first. I was waiting for for some black crows to just get thrown away straight away. <laughs> but uh, there's there's so much to choose from, isn't there? Um, yes. Pretty much every other every other band, you know, seems to have. Um, you know, family connection. So I, I just kind of went in with ones that I liked and started thinking about which ones um, had uh, siblings. And first one that came to mind is uh, lots of points for this one, I think, is uh, Kings of Leon. Um, I think it's three brothers and a cousin. So it's uh, 100% family. Um, and uh, outside the Jacksons and the, the Jacksons. Uh, <laughs> maybe just <laughs> or Sledge. Uh, I think <laughs> you don't get a hundred percenters very often, but there's there's a um, you know, and I, I was thinking about this in terms of um, you know they're not really big on harmonies the way the big the Beach Boys were, and people talk about that sibling harmony thing that you get when you sing. But what you hear with um, especially the first two albums is a real um, just a very smooth putting together of parts of um, pop and rock songs, and um, like that's that's my little theory about it is that there's um. Everyone's pushing the same direction. You know, there's less about the rivalry at this stage and two albums in and more about um, cohesion and understanding and, you know, not stepping on each other's toes. And you get these great tracks that uh, allow for each part without um, anyone really taking the limelight, again, for these first two albums. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that's the that's the atmosphere you get out of it. And um, not the harmony so much, but just um, beautifully put together rock songs. So um, I'm going to let us hear a bit of the bucket off of their uh, sophomore album, um, Aha Heart Shake Break. Aha Shake Heartbreak. Can't wait. 
be um, practicing how to pronounce my albums uh, before the next week's um... <laughs> Very good. All right. Do you want to throw something to us, Brett? What have you gone with? Sure. Now, um, uh, hats off to Kev for mentioning the Black Crows. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, uh, Rich and Chris Robinson. Yes. But, but I thought that was a bit obvious. So I, um, uh, so I went uh, Australian. Uh, in excess, uh, in fact, in excess, at some point were called the Farris Brothers. It's about 1977, um, but there must be something about uh, a band being able to survive uh, with family. Uh, uh, maybe that helps their longevity. I'm not talking about Oasis, but uh, in this particular case, they were around, they were around forever uh, because the Farris Brothers, of course, in the band Andrew, John, and Tim. Um, you know, that's basically the backbone of that uh, of that band, especially with uh, Andrew um, writing most of the, mu- the, the music, right? Yeah, that's right. Well, it's certainly the musical side yeah. of it. Uh, obviously, um, Hutchins, um, Hutchins, Hutchins wrote sorry, the lyrics, Hutchins, yeah. Hutchins wrote the lyrics, but, yeah, no, super talented. Um, well, brothers, but certainly, yeah, um, Andrew is the writer. Um, so you're going to play us Just Keep Walking? By Just Keep Walking. First album, is it, or is it the first album? Certainly the second album, yeah. Second, yeah. Sounding a lot like, um, I always thought that song sounded a lot like the Stranglers stuff. Yes, yeah, that yeah. On that, on that album. Mm. Yeah, a lot more, lot more punky back in the early days. Yeah, yeah. A uh, really good song and good choice. Certainly a band that uh, yeah benefited from siblings there. All right, Al, what do you got? Um, well, sorry, I just got distracted because I was looking at the carrots on top of uh, Lord Kid's head. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's noticed. the Easter spirit there. Well, that's right, yes. It's my alter ego this time of the year. I mean, I, I'm, assuming, I'm assuming they're not, you know, cancerous growths or something. But... <laughs> well, they're yeah, so yeah. anyway, so they're, they're doing yeah. well. That's right. Um, well, I mean, I'll start off with a band that you'd think uh, probably had brothers. Uh, but actually didn't, and that was um, Duran Duran in the early days because they had they had Andy Taylor, Roger Taylor, and John Taylor. Um, but as far as I know, none of them were related to each other. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. what what fail devilry is that? Anyway, mm-hmm. um, my proper pick was uh, Pantera. Um, so like. I guess an inspirational band for them, Van Halen. They had a, a drummer and guitarist uh, brother team, um, Diamond, uh, later Dimebag Daryl, 
and, uh, and Vinnie Paul. Uh, their last name was Abbott. Um, they came from a musical background. Dad was a country music producer. Um, I think like Van Halen as well, did as well. Um, uh, Daryl started off on drums, uh, like Eddie started off on drums. And uh, then his brother got better at him. And so they, they ended up swapping instruments, uh, both going on to be phenomenal uh, guitarists. Um, Daryl got so good uh, with, uh, with his guitar, eventually he was asked to stop entering competitions in the area that he lived and judge instead so that other people did, uh, could have a go. Um, so I'll interestingly, like, beat it. <laughs> like... What's that? I hope he told him to beat it. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I mean, it was in the end, it was well, just like, come on. the competition stacks. I don't fancy uh, sitting around watching someone else scoop all the prize money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess, I guess at that stage, is probably seeing a, a brighter future than, than guitar competitions. Um, but they've actually been around for quite a while. Uh, I first came across Pantera in the, uh, in the 90s, uh, but they'd been going since 1981. And um, they and started off they as... Die. Exactly. They're mostly glam, uh, but they slowly became more thrash. And they had, um, they had a few albums under the belt before they finally found the right singer and the right sound, a power groove style. Um and so, yeah, by, you know, they, they released a number of successful albums. In 96, the brothers ran a strip club in Dallas uh, while still being in the band. Um, eventually, for various reasons, they disbanded. Uh, they formed another band um, with a new vocalist and bassist. And unfortunately, <laughs> um, so that that's was 2003. No Pantera. Yeah, that's right. Um but yeah, so that was 2003. They disbanded. They formed this new band in 2004. Uh, Daryl was shot and killed on stage by a disgruntled and uh, mentally unstable uh, Pantera fan. Um, he was buried in a. You only know, uh, needed the first part there, Alice. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was buried in a kiss casket. Um, wow. per, per, personally, you know, sent along. Uh, extremely rare, and he was buried with an Eddie Van Halen guitar. Um, so he had a lot of uh, he had a lot, a lot of uh, street cred, solid reputation with with lots of people in um, in the music industry. I've only got one of these, Brett, so I'm going to make the most of it. Unfortunately, his brother Vinny, uh, the drummer, he died in 2018 of a heart attack. So there will definitely not be a Pantera reunion. Um, but yes, there's there's other uh, ones in hard rock or heavy metal. There's Sepultura with uh, brother and guitarist, ACDC, brother and guitarist, um, Van Halen, of course. So this track uh, from Pantera is off their fifth album, and it's uh, Regular People. Thank you. 
very good. All right, that's all we've got time for tonight. On uh... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Look, it, was, it was my only wow. one, but uh, you know, they you've were, done your double. You've they, done two in one. That's good. I like it. That's right. They, they, they were huge at the time, and it's just such a shame that both brothers ended up dying. Yeah, another uh, will we'll before uh, their time. Tragic tales of life there from a couple of musicians, a couple of excellent talents. Especially from Mrs. Pantera. <laughs> <laughs> Susan Pantera, I think it was. Yeah. All right. Well, I better jump in there. Uh, the first one I'm going for is uh, the Fogarty Brothers from Credence Clearwater Revival, uh, one of the oh, great yeah. tragic slash feuding families uh one of the original feuding brothers in in a band uh up there with they uh, show each other on stage didn't they ben? <laughs> up there with davies davies brothers from the kinks but um yeah so tom and uh <laughs> thinking that yeah tom and john uh fogarty uh funnily enough uh, yeah we know john fogarty as the as the lead powerhouse sort of uh, creative force behind Credence Clearwater Revival, behind their success and, and hit run of or run of incredible, you know, many, many hit songs, millions of selling millions of records, singles, etc. cetera. Um, but Tom was the one who sort of was the, back in the day before Credence, he was the, he was sort of the, the main guy. He was the songwriter, the lead singer. He was the, uh, he had a couple of bands, the Blue Velvets and um, I don't know if I can say it on air, but the Gollywogs. Um, and then before becoming Credence, uh, they were, uh, he was, you know, the, the sort of the band leader. And um, funnily enough, it was Blue Velvets, Tom's band, uh, sorry, John's band, Blue Velvets, which became successful. He ended up joining that band. Uh, and when they turned into Credence, uh, John Fogarty basically said, well, I'm, I'm taking over the, the songwriting um, role and, and lead singing. And, and from there, you know, resentment grew and I guess uh, Tom just never came to terms with the success that his brother had uh, with the many sort of classics and that that he managed to write um, to the point where they, you know, they just never, Tom ended up leaving the band in, in the early 70s, I think it was actually 1971, and they never did reconcile uh, to up until his death of cancer in the early 90s. Um, and so Tom, sorry, John, at his funeral, at Tom's funeral, had the following to say. He said, we wanted to grow up and be musicians. I guess we achieved half of that, becoming rock, becoming rock and roll stars, uh, but we didn't necessarily grow up. So that sort of sums it up. Um, great, both talented guys, just, uh, you know, one couldn't let go of the, the fact that the other was, you know, so much more talented and you know, all kinds of strife came out of that. But I'm going to play a track now off their very first album, which was actually written before Credence, but appeared on their first album. And the reason I've chosen this is because it's actually credited to both of them. And it's one of the only, I think it is the only one that's credited to both of them on, in their sort of discography. So this is uh, Walking on Water by Credence Clearwater Revival.
Yeah, so go ahead and check yourself out some Credence, some good old Bayou rock, even though they never visited a Bayou in their lives, but um, some great music anyway. <laughs> All right, who are we going back to? You, uh, Kev, we're back to you. Yeah, back to me, um, unless uh, unless anyone else wants to jump in really quickly. Oh, you go. Yeah. Oh, you go. I, Oh, yeah, yeah. As I say, there's lots to choose from, isn't there? Um, and I'm noticing that we're we've gone completely with white males so far. So I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna break that at all. I'm just gonna carry on with the whitest males uh, ever. And I'm hoping there's extra points here. Not only are these guys twins, not only are they Scottish, not only are they brothers, um, <laughs> but they are they are the entirety of the band. So 100% family again. Nice. Um, nice. Um, First family, no less. Um, it's the Proclaimers, the mighty Proclaimers from Ochtamakti in Scotland. Oh. Um, a couple of uh, misunderstood guys. I mean, uh, worldwide are known as the blokes with the funny accents, and that's kind of it. And uh, I can relate. Um, <laughs> what happens when you <laughs> you come out of Ochtamakti and you start um, holding on to your accent and um, strumming your guitar and um, wanting to be heard? They were actually a lot more political than you would think. A lot more folky than you would think. The first album, strangely enough, was entirely acoustic, just the boys and the guitar for the most part. Um, and I'll play a song from that one uh, called, um, let me think, Then I Met You uh, by Reclaimers. That I'd be happy, gonna be so happy Living life alone and never sharing anything Thought that I was finished, thought that I was complete Thought that I was whole instead of being half of something Thought that I was growing, growing all the wiser Understanding why this world will nothing for my spirit Thought that I was destined, destined to be nothing Destined to be nothing in this world and then I met you Yeah, and I just think, like, one of my favourite acts, really. Um, and I think they oh, really? I mean, we could do we could do a whole segment on this, but it's almost like there's a there's a there's a segment that we could do on on bands or acts that um, you know suffered because they had a hugely successful sort of worldwide smash with 500 miles, and it in some ways you could almost you can see how people might have treated that as almost a novelty song and, and with their look in particular and the way it was sort of presented but unfortunately that hides just some incredible incredibly great other material that they released and and the talent that they truly were like you, there's a lot of bands that are like that they come out with something that's super successful up front and and unfortunately that sort of how they're, they're tarred with that brush for the rest of their career and, and not able to sort of get beyond it yeah, yeah, I think that's that's probably what even happened to them in Scotland, you know. Um, until I think relatively recently, and um, their song "Sunshine and Leaf" has become what you could call for a lot of us uh, a kind of a, a pseudo national anthem. One of the um, great, one of the great, great songs. Absolutely. Yeah, very spiritual band. A lot of those um, songs are actually um, quite religious as well as uh, they've got a you know a Scottish nationalist um, bent. But uh, yeah. Um, that's my second family ties, and uh, <laughs> you guys left it. Brett, one more. What do you got, man? 
Okay, I've got I've got the winner, right? You've got the winner. Uh, big, I've got the winner. It's first of all, it's whiter than the proclaimers. Um, no, no possible. It's um, it's Come on, a, it's that was Scottish white. So. I know, I know. That's translucent. This is all American, American family, white. family white. Uh, this is the Osmonds, right? Who at oh, some oh. point they went on volume. At alone. some point had seven siblings in the band. Okay, yeah. so uh, uh, so this is a this is a terrible band uh, who started as a barbershop quartet. Then uh, uh, Andy Williams, who's who's a, a crooner from way back, uh, loved what they did. Then two more siblings joined the band, and then their six piece. And then later on, when little Marie, who was the only uh, the only woman in the Sausage Fest, uh, joins the band, and and so basically uh, there are there are a, a six six sometimes seven piece all family all white American uh, lovely band. So the song I've chosen uh, is a beautiful little ditty called "This Is How White They Are." The, it's called Shuckin and Jivin. Oh, that's right. <laughs> 's for anyone wow that's right now now um uh, this was pure bubblegum pop um, and and at some point when they realized the barbershop moves <laughs> wouldn't work uh, when they performed uh, one of them had to learn how to dance seriously like the young kids and they, he then taught the rest of them so apparently uh, that's where they got their stagecraft from wow fantastic inspiration. All right, well, I'll throw in one last one quickly here, uh, and that is, I think I've mentioned this band before. This is a band from Tyler, uh, Texas. Uh, this is Isley, and uh, these guys uh, were made up originally of Sherry, Chantel, Stacy, and Weston Dupree, all siblings. Uh, over the years, some members have sort of dropped out, and now the current lineup is just Sherry and actually a cousin. So she's kept it in the family, which is good. Um, Sherry and her cousin, Garen Dupree. So they carry on as Isley. Uh, these guys are, a, I, don't know, I don't even know how to describe them. They're, they're influenced by everyone from the Beatles to sort of Radiohead. Um, some of it's dream pop, some of it's sort of um, very much in its pocket there is sort of uh, 2000s, um, even Coldplay vibes, if you, if you like, in there. But uh, this particular track that I'm going to play tonight is called Telescope Eyes. And uh, do yourself a favor and check out some more Isley. They're a really, really cool band. Oh, you 
and check out some Isley, great band from Texas. All right, well, we've got to move on now and spin the musical Wheel of Fortune. I'm going to throw to you, Brett, one more time. I don't know if your arm's getting sore, mate, but we're going to have, have to call on you again to see if you can uh, spin that wheel one last time. Sure, and I, and I just pray it's not that grease monkey music shit. Oh, sure, it can't be that. Uh, Everyone oh, hates. Oh, Give it a okay. roll. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Music. You can't. Yes. <sighs> I thought we took that the off the third last installment. Time. What are the odds? <laughs> third installment. Wow. I think there's an unfinished story what, there. This is ridiculous. That's right. <laughs> It's what it's what no one asks for and no one deserves. Reese Monkey. Reese Monkey. That's Monkey Monkey. Hey there, welcome to Grease Monkey Music. <laughs> That's right. Get your hand off that banana. Okay. Uh, where this is part three of our song structure extravaganza. It is. Just Lucky to, you. Just to bring everyone up to speed, uh, I'm uh, in. I'm in charge of things, so I guess that makes me like the crew chief. Uh-huh. Uh, Lord Owl basically hands the nuts to the guy who puts the wheels on. Always. Always. He always with his hand on the nuts. Right. So we've talked part one for for people who for some reason came in at part three. Part one, we talked about verse and chorus, and you also snuck a little bit of a shifty in there about pre-chorus. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, episode two was about uh, bridges and, and... Middle eights. And middle eights, I know, but bridge, lots of issues there. Uh, middle eights, yes, issues. you tried to sell me <laughs> some whole chorus stuff. Sure. Can we, in our final episode to this song structure, mm. break it down for people? We can break it down. Thank you. Have a banana. Right. Because we're looking at the breakdown. <laughs> the breakdown. And what is the breakdown? You can't call it a breakdown. It's the breakdown. The breakdown. The breakdown. But if I was talking about a breakdown, right? Um, find the. So I could have a breakdown and the breakdown. <laughs> sure. But let's let's you not, could if you are unprepared. Let's stop this terrible joke and get on with the episode. Okay. Right. So the breakdown. The breakdown. Um, it gets back to the simple elements of the song and builds them up again. Right. So so there's somewhat of a wall of sound going on. Yeah. We stop and we go back to less sound. Yes. To yes. do what? Why would we do that? To build tension. I just thought we might be getting tired and we just somewhere well, into the break. Yes, they, well, you know, listening listening wise, yes, it's a way of alleviating the, the tiredness. Right. Uh, so if you want to keep a song interesting, like the other things that we've looked at, this is just another way of we've heard that for a while. Let's take it back down a bit and build it back up so it feels fresh. Sounds like it's filler. Sounds like, <laughs> sounds like you're stuffing your bra there. I, I think it's I think it's like an unexpected nice holiday. With your spouse. <laughs> sure. Okay. Sure. You get away. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Great. Well, uh, <laughs> can you give me an example or something? <laughs> I feel so, sorry for Lady Brett. Um, yes, yeah, so I can. So different genres tackle it in different ways. So I'm by no means a, a master of the dance genres. 
Wow. Neither neither in listening, playing, or dancing. Wow. However, uh, dance generally, and I don't want to get into all the genres. Sure. Um, they often have a breakdown followed by the drop. Now, you said a breakdown. They have the breakdown uh, the followed breakdown. by a drop. Sure. Well, sometimes they can have more than one breakdown. Sure. So they could have the breakdown right. a few times. Sure. But is it a drop or the drop? Mm. Well, give us an example. Okay. So this is TJR. What's up, suckers? <laughs> you sound so street. <laughs> Indubitably. Right, so that's a classic, the breakdown, because yes. I, it, it's, I can, it, it, the, the tempo is rising, the horrible sounds are rising, <laughs> it's leading me on. It's, that's it's, right, the pitch is rising. It's like a pre-chorus, but a little bit bigger. Yes. But whereas the pre-chorus, you're trying, what you're trying to sell me on is that a, that a breakdown is stripped of instrumentation. Stripped so down a little bit. It may not be completely, yeah, like suddenly go back. To drums, sure, and then go well. Now we'll add the bass, and we'll add the synth, and then this synth, and then add that annoying drill sound. Yes, and then you know. So potentially, a, 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 a the breakdown is a more elaborate, complicated pre-chorus. In some ways, yes, and it's still some form of. Or the pre-chorus is just a simple bridge. Sure. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So uh, yes, that had a lot of classic features. Another. Another example of that, where it can happen pretty much throughout the song, um, is by... Several, several breakdowns. Yes, well, that's the thing. Like, in the past, it was like, well, we'll do the bulk of the song, and then we'll have this breakdown section, and they're all good. But along the way, some people worked out, hey, you know, breakdowns are really exciting. They, they get you wrapped up, many. so let's just do them all the time. Wow. And, and, is, and, and I know you said it, but each... The breakdown doesn't have to be followed by <laughs> Each the, breakdown. the drop, right? <laughs> we don't need a drop every time? No. So sometimes there's, I mean, that's a very pronounced drop on that song. Yeah. But sometimes it's not. It more or less just goes back to a chorus or okay. a hook. So, All right. So what, what's next? Well, let's, let's listen to Calvin Harris pimping it to death. Boring! <laughs> in, in the song Summer. When I met you in the summer. So the entire song is more or less that. It's just, let's have this build up and then we'll hit the hook and then we'll go down to nothing. Wow. Build it, it up it all again. again. Yes. Wow. And that's uh, that's EDM, right? Which isn't isn't what you take while you're listening to that. That's... <laughs> I'm guessing it's EDM. Right. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Like I said, I'm not all across my dance right. genres. So we've probably deeply offended some listeners out there with their glow sticks. I'm sure. sorry. So... That's right, they, they're probably choking on their lollipops as we speak. <laughs> okay, can we get out of this 
electronic dance music <laughs> genre and head Hell somewhere hold. back to, to where I might feel more comfortable. Sure, sure, we can. So it's back to Metallica. Um, uh, no, no, we'll, we will go to some rock, maybe hard rock even. <laughs> well done. And this is Guns N' Roses with Sweet Child of Mine. So you can you can uh, do the meltdown meltdown the breakdown <laughs> in uh, in in hard rock. You can. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially the same thing. Like they did a lot of the same things as we heard in the dance tracks. Mm. It was like let's build it up. There's something yeah. building. Something building. Um, but it starts off with stripping it back down to yeah. something simple. Yeah. Which which seems pretty straightforward. Mm. We've hit a, hit a volume and a, and a complicated sound. Now what we're going to do is we're going to step out of that quickly and we're going to slowly bring you back there and that's going to build anticipation where maybe there wouldn't have been. Yes. I like it. Exactly. All right, so that's a rock. What's next? Heavy metal! Yay! <laughs> I'm sorry. You're nerding me on heavy metal. If I'd said Dungeons and Dragons, well, you could have pushed it then. Put it this way, you really nerd out when it gets to metal, so I'm doing everyone a favour by calling it as I see it. I mean, I may look like a nerd, but, you know, it doesn't mean I can't listen to metal. So the metal crowd uh, follow the same lines? Or, uh, you know, they, they can use a, a breakdown for their... They can have a breakdown, but it tends to be a little bit different. Uh, it usually doesn't have a drop. Right. And it's generally the place for moshing. Oh, okay. So, Great. It's, uh, I, again, I'm not up on all my metal from the past 20 years, 30 years. So I don't know if they still do it. Right. But yes, during the 90s, 80s and 90s, it was the you know, thing to do. The thing to do. Example, please. All right. This is Slayer with Raining Blood. Hallelujah. Honestly, you would not have, in a concert, you would not have time to sleep due to the uh, severed heads getting thrown around the audience, you know? Um, were we building? 
I don't know where we're building <laughs> something there. Oh, seriously. Well, like I said, it's different. Like there's no there's no drop at no the drop. end. It's more just no, no. We've broken it all down into something more primitive. Like the rest of that song is is pretty thrashy. Right. So it's all fast paced. This okay. is like, hang on, boom, slow down, injure each other, <laughs> and then let's get back to headbanging. Right. Okay. Now, can we can we step away from metal? Oh, sure. Please. All right. Well, in bluegrass. Bluegrass. Bluegrass has a breakdown too. Wow. In fact, there are a number of songs called the such and such breakdown. So uh, this one is the Foggy Mountain Breakdown by uh, the uh, the greats, Lester Flat and Earl Scruggs. Of course. And uh, in bluegrass, it's usually uh, that's where you do your solos. Okay. So everyone has a turn, and um, and some songs are structured just around everyone taking a turn. Breakdown can also be the solo. Yes. Bluegrass. Okay. And right. that's a that's the thing. It's just it's the same expression. Yeah. But it just means something completely different for that one. But it, it makes well, I guess it makes some sort of sense though because in bluegrass they all take a step back. The the song changes a little bit. Mm. Guy steps forward. You know. Yep. So so I can see that. Okay. All right. Anything else? I do. In funk. In funk. All right. It's. It's a banana for a funk. I'm oh, sorry, I didn't include jazz, so oh, that's right. I apologise for that. I don't, in, I don't have a button which says remove that banana from the, from that monkey. <laughs> from, so in funk, they don't so much have a breakdown as a break. A break. A break. Sure. So the break is a solo just for the drummer. Um, okay. And, and so a lot of where the wonderful hip-hop samples mm. um, come from uh, are these breaks. Okay. So, one of the most famous ones is uh, a song by James Brown called Funky Drummer, and it was at Clyde Stubblefield playing the drums. And the sample, I've lost count of how many places it's been sampled. Yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, it's huge. Huge. Don't turn yeah. it loose, because it's a mother. When I count to four, I want everybody to lay out and let the drummer go. And when I count to four, I want you to come back in. It's in my collar. Uh, I got the holler. I said it's in my feet. Uh, feels so sweet. It's in my shirt. I walk the floor. I wanna walk the floor. One, two, three, four, get it. James for reminding us that it was funky. <laughs> In case you missed it. <laughs> In case it's yeah, yeah, that's right. And who would disagree? Exactly. You would have to be a total. Rightio. So this is our last episode on song structure. 
in a minute we're going to pop the hood down and you'll be able to drive off in your brand new song uh that's a terrible metaphor but what we've done is we've over three episodes we've talked about song structure we've talked about verse chorus pre-chorus the sort of building blocks around that sort of stuff and the different styles you can take the middle or joining section episode was about mm-hmm. the bridge in the middle eight. Oh, hey, uh, hey look at that. like that. And this, this final thing where we've all had a bit of a meltdown was the breakdown. And that's where you, you've shown us a different way to build some anticipation mm-hmm. and put a bit mm-hmm. of a spark back into the song uh, uh, for all that dance stuff. It's just padded out. I mean, you're going to get that 12-inch <laughs> from somewhere, right? So, okay, and the kids will... And the kids on the street love a drop. Oh, oh boy. They're... Aren't they? They're dropping all over the place. So, uh, for all those songwriters who've been tuning in to brush up on their skills. That's right, developing your craft. That's right. We hope that this has been very informative, these three episodes, that you can now go away and, and write that classic pop tune. Uh, please don't send your demos to Lords of Loud. We refuse to listen to them. <laughs> I thought we were about encouraging audience participation. Sorry, well, that's right, but yeah, not to what we don't want to get them. Send them to somebody else. <laughs> so send them to Lord Kev. That's, Lord, Lord Kev loves a bit of that stuff. Well, that wraps up another episode of Grease Monkey Music. Thanks for all listening. Please join us soon when we might discover other parts and bits of music and stuff. That's right. I'll still be greased. That's right, and I'm about to get out of these overalls. Uh, we'll see you soon. Grease Monkey. Grease Monkey. That's Monkey Monkey. All right. Well, that's definitely the last time we're going to have that. That is coming off the <laughs> right now. Surely, surely not. That is ridiculous. Okay. Let's join in. Join us next week, folks. We'll definitely have something fresh on the board next week. The Grease Monkey's coming off that. All right. <laughs> But like I said, I thanks for joining us again. Let's uh, let's get everyone onto the social media at Lords of Loud on Instagram and Facebook. Um, we want people to put a comment or a rating on uh, the various social uh, on the various uh, platforms that you're listening to this on iTunes and Spotify, etc. Uh, tell a friend. Any, let's let's get as many, much you know, people listening as other animals can. you'd like to see us grease up. That's right. Tell your uh, pet, whatever. Tell anybody about this thing. <laughs> But uh, most importantly, join us again on the Lords of Lap. Lords of Loud is recorded at Zip Studios and proudly distributed as part of the Zenith Command Network. Breaking Jesus. news here. I've just uh, found out mm-hmm. that I, I don't have COVID. That's great news. That's <laughs> hey. good news. Just got a text Excellent. message. Very good. So I'm going to hit. I'm going to go good. out.